This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, October 19th, 2012. I'm Caleb Brown. Ballot initiatives in three states may legalize marijuana this election season, and several former federal drug warriors don't like it one bit. But their case against states legalizing marijuana is rooted in some ideas that are just flat out wrong. Tim Lynch, director of the Cato Institute's Project on Criminal Justice, sets the record straight. This is from the Washington Post. Despite the urging of drug enforcement experts, officials in Washington have not said how the federal government would deal with possible state laws in Colorado, Washington, and Oregon that would conflict with the Federal Controlled Substances Act. Federal law prohibits the production, possession, and sale of marijuana and classifies marijuana as a Schedule I drug putting it in the same category as LSD and heroin. And it goes on to say that uh, several former administrators of the DEA wrote a letter to Attorney General Eric Holder asking him to publicly oppose the ballot initiative. Um, Other people have argued for clarification as well. But essentially, what are these people complaining about? And what is the Justice Department uh, or why is the Justice Department staying silent? Well, they're complaining because they're former DEA law enforcement officials, and they see that there are three marijuana legalization initiatives on the ballot and that are polling fairly well, and we're getting close to election day. They do not want to see this legalization measure um, go into effect, so they are trying to rally uh, the Attorney General Eric Holder into uh, getting more outspoken to oppose uh, these measures. Um, We don't know why uh, Attorney General Holder is silent, but there uh, are a couple of reasons uh, that are possible. Number one, it is inappropriate for federal law enforcement people to be involving themselves in state politics. Just as we don't like it when we don't want to hear the opinion of the local police chief on federal tax policy or whether or not the United States should go to war with Iran, we don't want to hear the opinions of federal bureaucrats on local policies either. So it is entirely appropriate for the Department of Justice at this point to stay quiet on on, on these initiatives. Now, the reason that these gentlemen are making this particular uh, plea to Eric Holder is because they're making several assumptions, one of which is that because local law may conflict with federal law, that this creates a serious problem and that these state laws perhaps ought to be suppressed in the future. Yes, this is another common argument when we see these liberalization initiatives come at the local level. We hear people come forward and say, well, this is totally inappropriate. It's actually unconstitutional because uh, federal law is supreme over state law. And in, in uh, and that's generally correct. When there is a conflict between a state law and a federal law, the federal law is supreme. But uh, we have to be taking a close look at this. These initiatives are not going to conflict with federal law. A conflict would happen if federal law says it's unlawful to have marijuana in your possession. And if state law were to say it's a crime for you not to have a pot plant in your garage or in your basement, then we'd have a direct conflict. What these state initiatives would do is basically repeal their criminal laws having to do with marijuana. And in that case, the federal law enforcement agencies are still going to be able to arrest people and prosecute them in federal court and potentially put them in federal prison. 
Uh, so that's going to happen. Uh, that That is a remote possibility because there's not as many federal law enforcement agents. But that risk of arrest under federal law is still going to be there. Uh, so therefore, there's really no conflict between the federal law and state law. Now, these federal officials, they want to have state police agents out there investigating and arresting marijuana users. But just because a state says, look, we're not going to do that anymore, that doesn't mean that there's a, a conflict and where they can go to court and declare the state policies unconstitutional. So they're really incorrect about that. Peter Bensinger, a Bensinger, uh, a former DE administrator from 1976 to 1981, he says these initiatives uh, these, that's if they passed, will be in direct conflict with federal law, international treaty obligations, and Supreme Court rulings. But here again, we're just talking about obligations that the Senate, uh, the, that Congress has undertaken, that the Supreme Court uh, at the federal level has uh, rulings they've issued. That's right. There is no conflict. This person is just incorrect about the law. They're very unhappy because the feds want to concentrate their limited resources on the international traffickers. Uh, that's where they want to put their focus, you know, stopping drugs from coming into the country, cracking down on international cartels. They want the, to depend and rely on state and local police internally uh, for the domestic situation to arrest uh, drug dealers and drug users here in the United States. Uh, and they, they realize that they're in big trouble if a state like California, Colorado, or Washington, one of these states, once they say, look, we're, we tried this, we're not going to do it anymore. Feds, if you want to do this stuff, you can, but our police are going to concentrate their resources elsewhere. The feds realize that would put them in a very tight spot because they just don't have the number of agents to conduct uh, those types of investigations anymore. It's, it's a possibility. The risk of arrest is there because of, uh, we do have a DEA, but... Uh, uh, it just becomes more remote and harder for them to enforce those laws all by themselves. And further, if if these laws, not in conflict, but certainly not in perfect concert, if that were to be the case, if one of these initiatives or three of these initiatives pass, it actually puts the DEA, the federal government, in a position of going against the will of the people in that state. And that could be uh, pretty uncomfortable. Absolutely. It's going to put the feds in a, in a delicate position. That may be another reason why uh, this administration has stayed quiet on these initiatives. Marijuana legalization is more popular than President Obama. So that puts him in a delicate position if he and his officials come out strongly against these initiatives. There's millions and millions of people Americans who believe that society is not better off when we're arresting 800,000 people per year for possessing and using marijuana. President Obama himself has admitted that this is something that he used to do. So it puts the administration in a delicate uh, position for them to go out strongly in, uh, against these initiatives. They know they're going against public sentiment. So that's another possible reason why uh, they are remaining quiet. Now, Barack Obama, when he became president, sort of split the baby on uh, the issue relating to state and federal power with respect to marijuana. He said, Effectively, the federal government will stand down in states that has, have made marijuana legal for certain purposes, that is medical purposes and others. And for whatever reason, more recently, his administration has once again undertaken marijuana raids on facilities in states where 
uh, this activity is legal. So he perhaps has an interest in not making this uh, a bigger issue before the election uh, than he might. I think that's right. Uh, he, his administration has reversed course and they've uh, actually uh, conducted more raids and have taken a tougher stance on marijuana in the states that have legalized medical marijuana than even the Bush administration. So there's been a, a reversal of policy and he's very uh, uh, unpopular uh, among some of the people who voted for him uh, four years ago. So this is something else that, that he needs to consider. The other thing that, that you wanted to discuss here specifically is this idea that uh, local police enforce federal law. And uh, of course, there is no requirement that local police uh, have any regard for federal law when they're executing their duties to enforce state and local laws. That's right. There's a common misconception out there that uh, state and local police uh, also enforce federal law. That's just not the case. Their, their mandate is to enforce the state laws uh, that are on the books. Now, there are some instances where there is overlapping federal law and state law. And for a long time, this was the case with, with drug investigations. So sometimes the local police would arrest a smuggler or a dealer, and they might turn him over to the feds to be prosecuted in federal court. But that's just a matter of uh, a cooperative arrangement. It's not any type of obligation on the part of a local prosecutor or local police that they have to go out and enforce a law that Congress has passed. No, that's that's totally different. We we have separate jurisdictions and federal laws are the responsibility of our federal police agencies such as the FBI and the DEA. This whole issue of the conflict of federal law and state law with respect to intoxicating substances uh, as you point out is is not unprecedented. That's right. For people who have studied their history we moved away from alcohol prohibition in steps. First, several states started repealing their laws against alcohol manufacturing and, and, and possession. New York State was one of the first ones to give up on alcohol prohibition. They repealed their laws and they basically turned to the feds and said, look, if you want to enforce the Volstead Act, you can go ahead and do so. We can't stop you from doing that. That's a federal law. But we're repealing our state law and our local law enforcement agents are not going to enforce this anymore. And that really put the prohibition agents in a bind because they didn't have the resources to go ahead and find all those speakeasies. But once a couple of states made these changes, it accelerated the movement away from alcohol prohibition. And I think we're beginning to see the earliest stages of us moving away from the drug war for the same reason. Some states are just concluding that they do not want to uh, spend, expend their limited law enforcement resources on marijuana. So we're seeing uh, that same historical parallel. Tim Lynch is director of the Cato Institute's Project on Criminal Justice. You can read more of his work at Cato.org.